0: You know what's in Ephesians chapter six. It's about the whole armor of God. And but the main theme there is stand. 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 Let's read verse eleven. We'll read verses thirteen and fourteen. Ephesians chapter six, verse eleven. Let me make sure I got this on. Yeah. Okay. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of. Of the devil. Let's read verse thirteen. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all, to stand. You see how it's, it's interesting to me and amazing how the Bible expounds on things, and it, it expands your understanding what He's trying to get across to you. Stand withstand stand and it's talking about being able being able to stand it's not not easy to stand for what's right and that's what we're talking about we're not talking about standing on on stubborn ground just out of your own stubbornness we're not talking about standing for things that uh, that don't really matter we're talking about standing for what is right, according to God's Word. According to God's Word. According to God, what's right, that's what we have to stand. That's what we've got to withstand, the wiles of the devil, because he's, that is the relentless attack of the devil, is to get us to step back, to sit down, to run away from what is right. And we're living in an evil, evil time when the power of darkness has full reign over everything around us. Every, every avenue of information that we get except this right here is polluted with the, with the deceit and the wiles of the devil. And so, if we don't put on the whole armor of God, and I'm not preaching on the armor of God this morning, I'm preaching on standing. If, we're not, if we don't put on the whole armor of God, we are not going to be able to stand in this time that we're living in. Read verse 14. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness. Truth is... And righteousness. Stand. That's where we stand. Galatians chapter 5 verse 1. Stand fast therefore in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free. And be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Stand. What does it mean to stand? Well, let me say a few things and then I want to, there's some other things I want to put in here maybe I just ought to say them first you know if you're gonna stand be prepared you're gonna stand alone you're not gonna stand with a crowd that's not how this thing works you stand alone be prepared that's what you're gonna have to do you're not gonna have your backup this ain't a bully thing where you got your backups ain't nobody behind you except the Lord and that's all you need If you stand with Him, He'll stand with you. As long as you stand for what is right in His sight. We're living in a time where that is mocked and ridiculed. It always has been, but not like it is now. Now, Used to, at least, the the main, the prevailing uh, attitude, if you want to say it that way, of the Society that we lived in was toward righteousness. Even though they all didn't do it, they still, they approved it. They condemned anything that was not according to what was right. Even though they sneaked around and did it, that was the prevailing attitude. Now it's, now it's flipped. Now the, now the prevailing attitude is that if you stand for what is right, you're condemned. You are not worthy to, I mean, you're the off-scouring of the world. You're not worthy to live. Not fit for such a man to live on the earth. That's that's the attitude of the world. So be prepared. If you're going to stand, you're going to stand alone. God will stand with you, but other people won't stand with you. You've got to learn that your strength to stand, your ability to stand, comes from God and not from other people. Because other people will fail you. They always will. What does it mean to stand? Well, just looking at a dictionary again. It's simple. I mean, we, it's these things we know, but it helps that somebody has sat down, Daniel Webster, years ago, and, and verbalized everything properly so we can understand it and be brought back to the real meaning. What does it mean to stand? It means to be on your feet. <laughs> I'm standing right now. Y'all are sitting. Sitting. Let me say it that way. It means to be on your feet, not sitting, not lay, not lying down. It means to be erect. That means directed upward, supported by roots like a tree, which stands regardless of the wind. You see that tree standing over there? A tree is standing. That's what a tree does until we cut it down. It falls. A tree's pretty good at standing, isn't it? Did you ever try to push one over? <laughs> it's not the easiest thing to do. I mean, it takes some doing to push. Try to, try to uproot a hickory tree. Everybody talks about an oak tree being so tough. Try a hickory one time. And there's a few other trees that are they are very rooted in the ground. And you're not going to move them easily. That's what it means. You're not moved easily. You're rooted. You're standing. You're pointed upward. You're looking upward. You're reaching upward. That's how you stand. That's what it means to stand. It means to be on a foundation. This house is standing on a foundation. That building we're putting up out there is standing on a foundation. On a foundation not to be overthrown or demolished. When you lay the foundation, you hook the house to it. Whatever you build, you fasten it fast to the foundation. Uh, The little house up the road here, Mike, we seen the other day, the little shed that got knocked off. Yeah, we went up through there and Somebody had a little shed out in their front yard and somebody run off the highway, obviously, and hit it and knocked it all the way around off of the foundation. You can see all the floor of the shed and there's the shed sitting over this way. Neither it wasn't fastened real well or else they hit it awful hard and it looks to me like if they hit it hard enough to knock it off their foundation, it would have tore the shed up worse than it did. So I don't think it was hooked to the foundation very well. If it hadn't been, it would have destroyed the shed, see. But it's a foundation. You ain't gonna stand unless you're standing on the foundation. And you gotta be standing on the right foundation. First Corinthians fifteen, verse one. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which ye also have received, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand. Where do you stand? Well, the gospel, yes. Well, I, you know, there's so many different takes on all of that. But it's the truth. That's the whole heart of the gospel, is the truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. That is what the gospel is about. You stand in the truth. That's where you stand. And as long as you're standing in the truth, just let let it, <laughs> and just let let the wind blow, let let the devil rage, let the heathen rage. As long as you're standing on the truth and for what's right, stand. Don't back up. Don't run. And don't get discouraged. And don't check out and sit down. Stand. It means to be fixed or steady. Standing. Not to vacillate. Something that's standing, don't move. Walking is not standing. See, we're to walk in the truth. Yes. There's a lot of things about our Christian conversation that includes walking and moving but not standing. Standing is stand put. It's a fixed position. It doesn't change. Now that don't mean that the moment you get saved, you know everything and nobody can tell you anything. No, we're to be learning. We learn of Him. And we're being sanctified. And we're always being taught. And it's like I've said so many times, it's more about unlearning than it is learning. It's not that we know everything and so nobody can tell us that's not standing like we're talking about here this morning like the Bible's teaching us to. Standing for what is right in the sight of God. Not standing on every little thing that you've been taught in doctrine. If I had stood on everything that I was taught at the very beginning we wouldn't be here today. (laughs) We're to study To show ourselves approved. We're to prove all things. We're to learn. We're to grow in grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. That don't mean that we quit standing, though, for what is right. I wish I could make this as clear as I want to make it. There's this thing. It's been misinterpreted, misperceived by so many. Stand means, boy, you just plant your feet and... You ain't telling me nothing, and i am i will tell you how it is. And it splits churches, it scatters the sheep. It does uh, that kind of standing is not what we're talking about this morning. Standing for what's right, God's order, the home, the husband, the wife, morals in all things, honesty and and charity. Stand for what's right. Don't approve, don't uh, uh, consent to what is wrong. Don't participate with in what is wrong. Stand. It means to be in or to maintain a posture of resistance or defense. That's what I was telling you here a few days ago about how women stand with their feet together and men don't stand I, I cannot stand like that. It's not natural. You just, you know, I don't want a puff of wind to blow me over. So, I'm I'm braced. Brace yourself. If you're going to stand, you better brace yourself because somebody's trying to knock you over. The devil's going to try to knock you over. He's going to try to move you. You're to have your feet planted, your roots deep. In this matter of doing what's right. See, that's, you think I'm off the mark. I'm not off the mark. This is what's wrong. This is what's wrong. Everybody's playing with their their religious games and they talk their religious talk. But when it comes down to flat out just doing what is right, they won't do it. They'll do what they want, they'll do what somebody talks them into. Cause they ain't got their eyes on the Lord. They never did get on a foundation. It's getting easier and easier for me to see that in people. Let me tell you, as time goes on, I can just watch. I can see. You know, it's and, and preach for forty years and see if you can't tell it too. I can tell when people don't listen when they ain't interested. When they keep hidden, when they don't show their face, when they won't talk spiritual talk, or when they do talk it, it's just empty. No life in it, no reality to it. They're not going to stand. Another thing about standing is you cannot make other people stand, you can't make other people stand preacher can't make other people stand. The church can't make other people stand. Mom and dad can't make other people stand. You just can't. You can help them. You can show them. You can tell them how. You can encourage them. You can stand as an example before them. But you cannot make them stand. That's another problem we have. We We want to make other people stand. And then we want to blame other people if somebody else don't stand. And it ain't that way at all. I can't make you do one thing. There's not a person in here I can make do one thing. The only reason you're going to do what is right is because of the Lord. It's only way you're ever gonna. Now you might do a, right, a thing here and a do a thing there to please your mom and dad, or to please uh, me, or just to look good in front of everybody. You can play that game for a while, but when it comes right down to it, one of these days, if it's not for the Lord that you're doing it, you're, you're going to take. You're going to reach like Eve did and take the fruit for yourself. You're going to serve yourself because that's what all that is anyway. Looking good fooling people to... So it says here in 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and verse 13, uh, talking about maintaining a posture of resistance or defense. Watch ye. Stand fast in the faith. Quit you like men. Be strong. That's for everybody. That's for women too. Be strong. If you're going to stand, you're going to have to be strong strong in what? Well, strong in faith. We got some verses there about that too, but you're going to have to trust the Lord. And it's going to have to be because you want to please the Lord. Yourself. You got to care what God thinks. You got to reverence and worship and obey the Lord yourself. Or you won't stand if you're doing it to please mom or dad or husband or wife, or the people you go to church with, or anybody else, you're not standing. And you won't stand in the evil day. When the evil day comes, you'll fall over just like the trees in the storm do. Mm -hmm. To continue unchanged or valid not to fail or become void. That's what it means to stand. I'm still reading out the dictionary. It means not to give up ground to the control of the enemy. And as followers of Christ, to hold on to the things we believe. Now, Second 2 Thessalonians 2.15 Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which ye have been taught, whether by word or our epistle. That is New Testament. Second Thessalonians 2.15 What is the church for? What are parents for? What is this all about? Well, what is the brotherhood for? What is fellowship about? What is, what is pastors and teachers and evangelists and all that? What is it all about? What is doctrine and... Well, it's to teach us so that we can learn and be able to know the Lord. That's the main gist of it all. So that we will obey Him and stand in the Lord. Keep our standards of right and wrong. Man, I've lived so long here and watched so much of this. This is just a thing with me. I've seen so many that I thought would stand. They've not stood. They've, they've compromised. They've quit. They've sat down. They've ran away. They've given up on standards. And I watch them and how confused and lost they get when they start doing that. I'm talking about preachers that I've known through the years that I still know. They used to stand for something, stand for what was right. But evidently they were just standing with that crowd they were with. That's what they were standing for. Because, and that's what has happened to a lot of them, they stood when it was popular. And they had a crowd around them that agreed with them. And then when when the tide started turning, (laughs) then they they lost the crowd to stand with so they just give it up too. They jumped the ship too. Abandoned ship. I'm talking about standards. You know, how to dress. Things that are wrong of the world. Worldly things. You know, we didn't, back years ago when we first got in church, you know, we were young and young married and had little, we had little children little bitty children and the whole church was like that they were all same age as us around our age and everybody had young families and and that was all that it was about we didn't go we didn't little league was not in our deal we didn't play ball none of us got involved in any of the community things whatsoever it was at church that's all we did we went we went out knocking on doors we ran bus routes We stayed busy at the church all the time. We had meetings that lasted a week or two weeks. And everybody came to everything. And everybody was happy to do it. Nobody was wanting to. Now there were a few families that stayed in there, but they were the ones that, you know, if they had a, a race to go to on Sunday morning, they'd miss Sunday morning. They very seldom came on Wednesday night either. They were involved in the worldly things in the community too. Yeah. And things haven't turned out too well for them either. And now church is just a sideline thing. It's just uh, another inter- another center for entertainment. How can you have a church if you don't have a gym? where you can play ball. <laughs> that was the thing, see, that came along. You, gotta, you build your church and you build your, uh, you know, everything you've got to have there for your dining and your whatever. And then you got to build a gymnasium. That sounded bad, so they called it a family life center. <laughs> yeah. So you come there and have life with your family, I guess. It wasn't that way. It was a, get, a place where the teenagers all gathered together and got in trouble. Right. Yeah. It was a place that caused more uh, contention and discord in the church. Every church had to have a school. Every church I've ever been in that had a school. The school has been the destruction of the church. Yes. Because of the contention and the strife that it brings. stand stand on what's right and see the reason for all this contention and strife mainly is this issue right here man I've been involved in it so much and this is how it works now every time The, the children that come to the school are mostly the children of the church members well they come and they mix together some people don't do too good at raising their children. Other people do a better job. Some kids are unmanageable and un- disrespectful, and they're mean and 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 uh, well, I, there's a few other words I could add to it. But they come to school and they start all their dirty stuff, and then they get in trouble. And then you tell mom and dad. Then mom and dad says, huh, "You're lying. My child wouldn't do that." Well, here's a picture of him. <laughs> You're lying. You made it up. Well, there you go. That's how it works every time. Every time. That's the world we live in. That's why the church is hindered in a lot of areas. The church could do a, be a blessing to its members in educating their children and helping them, but it's almost impossible in the day we live in because of the, all that right there. Nobody's standing on what's right. And those who do try to stand for what is right, they're the enemies. They're the ones that are called the troublemakers. To keep our standards of right and wrong. Again, let me read verse 14 of Ephesians 6. Stand therefore having your loins girt about with what? Truth. And having on the breastplate of righteousness. So standing, the first thing is truth. The second thing he mentions is righteousness. That's how we're to stand. You can't stand without that. If you're standing on something besides that, you're in the, you're not going to stand. And you're standing in the wrong place. And you're trying to stand on ground that you cannot uh, keep. To stay close to God. That's what it means. To know Him and to walk with Him. To stand. Not to compromise. Compromise means mutual concession. So if you compromise, you're giving up something in order to get something for yourselves. Why would you compromise? (laughs) Why would anybody compromise on a standard that they know that the Bible teaches? About anything. Dress, for instance. Why would they compromise? To be accepted. If they compromise, they trade... Doing right for getting the approval of the work. Of somebody who they're around. To avoid the ridicule. To avoid the, the, the bile that they'll pour on you for doing right. Well, if you stand, that's what you're going to get. It's true. Yeah, this is a time when very few are standing. A lot of people. Many are, let, are sitting down. They're going to sleep. Or they're running away. And they're doing this because it's too hard. It takes too much strength of character. It takes too much. The pressure is on from every direction. I realize that. You know. People you gotta get out and work and go like you gotta go to work. The environment down there is not Christian, is it? No. So you gotta put up with all of that. I mean and if you do right, if you do right, they're gonna poke at you. They're gonna they're gonna do things to irritate you, to you know, make fun of you. So, it's easier a lot of times, you think, to just kind of keep it hidden. Just, no, don't do that. You don't rub it in their face. <laughs> you know, taking a stand. I remember Dad telling about them going on a church band to somewhere up in St. Louis somewhere to go to a meeting coming home. And they stopped at a truck stop. And, and that's where everybody wanted to stop. And they went in there, and of course, the jukebox was playing, and they got all that loud music and dirty stuff on the walls. And then they go in there, and one of the women started in a complaining and a fussing at the management because of all this. Well, no, that's not standing for what's right. You got no business going in there, you're out of your territory. What standing is, is when somebody tries to bring it into the house of God. You know, their music, their worldly music, their ungodliness, their things that are not right. That's when you stand and say, that's not right. We can't do that here. That's standing for what is right. Not much of that either, is there? They're doing this. They're running away because it's too hard. It costs too much. We're ostracized. We're criticized and looked down upon for taking a stand for what's right. Even by those we go to church with and by other preachers. You know, that's what amazes me is that so many people listen to me but how many invitations do I get to go to other churches and preach? I find that kind of curious, don't you? Because I've known so many other preachers, they just get them two or three messages. Boy, they can stomp and rant and rave. Man, they just got a full itinerary. They just stay going all the time preaching. But nobody listens to them. (laughs) That's right. And they don't preach nothing either. They sure don't. I, I can tell you exactly why it is. Because... I have stood and not changed and compromised, and they have. Right. I don't know. I don't. I don't know where any of them are that haven't. I mean, very few, less than that, that I know of, that are still standing where they stood on right and wrong. Things they used to think and believe because the Bible said was wrong. Now they don't see nothing wrong. With. most simply cannot live without the acceptance of others. They love the praise of men more than the praise of God. You're not standing if you're not standing with God alone. Paul said, at my last... Uh, well, when he, at his last stand, no man stood with him. He said, no man stood with me. Nevertheless, the Lord stood with me. Yes, amen. Can you imagine that? The Apostle Paul All the churches and all the ministry that he had had all of his life and the influence and nobody stood with him to face the seizure. Ain't that something? (laughs) Why? Fear. We saw talking about Peter the other day. We read about Peter and how he told the Lord he would, he would die for him. Jesus said, Peter, before the cock crows, you're going to deny me thrice. said, Demoth has forsaken this present world, uh, had forsaken me having loved this present world. That's a different thing than what Peter did. It's two different things. Jesus had just told them Right there, was it John chapter thirteen? Uh, I believe it was John chapter thirteen. He said, "Ye are not of this world." He told him twice, "Ye are not of this world." I have taken you out of the world, and then Peter denied him. Mm-hmm. He did it out of fear. He did it because he didn't have his roots down deep enough. He did it because he didn't really understand yet. Demas forsook Paul because <laughs> he loved this present world. Right. He, he wanted their approval. He, didn't, he couldn't stand their ridicule. He couldn't stand their rejection. He had to be had to be received by them. That's why he left. <coughs> hope you ain't got that in you many didn't have a didn't have a good footing to start with on what they believed about right and wrong and the character of god and what's holy or unclean there's a lot of things and i want to talk about this in another message but you know this generation needs to understand some things about the previous generation or two You need to understand What has happened and why And how these things have all played out Everybody's too short sighted and, and don't understand these things We should make our stand In the right place To start with So we don't have to back up To stay with God How do you do that? Well you get with God to start with You lean on God to start with You look to God to start with from the very start, you make God the Lord. Yes, sir. He's my Lord. What God says is what I believe. What God says is what I'm going to stand on. Amen. Don't be looking to that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men but in the power of God. Don't put your faith in the wisdom of men. Things they've come up with that say that are right or wrong. Believe God. Now, if men show you in the Word of God what it says and the reason and explain the reason of it to you and you understand, then you better believe God. And thank God that they helped you to understand that. Yes, sir. But our faith should not stand in the wisdom of men. I don't believe anything because somebody told me so. Or because I heard some preachers say it. I'm not shaken to my roots by anything that somebody else says in a sermon or whatever. Mm -hmm. I I look to hear. I look to hear. And this is where I've always looked. Mm -hmm. And so I'm, I'm familiar with it enough till the Spirit of God can minister to me from this book. Call to my mind and put a whole picture together here of understanding about it all so that every little thing don't just throw me off the rails. Do y'all understand what I'm talking about? I talk to people like that. They're just so unstable that everything they hear throws them off. It upsets their whole wagon. Shouldn't be that way. If you're standing, you're standing on the foundation. You're standing on something firm that ain't moving. Your roots are in the ground. You're fixed. You know in whom you have believed. And are persuaded that He is able. See, that's, that's not just a song. That's in the Scripture. Whatever we believe must be based upon the Word of God. Once we make our stand, we should consider... The cost of not standing. Well, you take a stand and then you back up, you lose your credibility. If you change your mind about what is right and wrong, you'll naturally change your mind about other things too. And it'll change the course of your life and the course of others' lives who you influence. Do you ever know anybody who changed their mind about what is right and wrong? they believed something was wrong but then later they decided that it was okay. Did you ever know anybody do that? I've known lots of people who do that. Did you ever hear anybody say I'd never do that and then they do it. What does that do to your credibility their credibility? I mean does that affect your trust in what they say? Of course it does. They've told you something and didn't mean it. So you can't have confidence in their faithfulness, their reliability. Others simply won't have any confidence in you anymore. A preacher or teacher of others loses a big part of their influence and ability to teach and lead others when they fail to stand on what is right. It is the the key thing. You must do right. Everybody worries about their testimony and talks about worrying about their testimony. But your testimony is all about you doing what is right in the sight of God. When you don't do what is right in the sight of God, it ruins your testimony because it ruins people's confidence in you. A parent who fails to stand for what is right will lose the respect of their children. Now they may get mad, they may rebel, they may do all kinds of things. But in the end, the only hope they've got is that they've got a parent who stood for what was right. And didn't say it's okay. Okay. I heard this week about a Christian family. We've known since they were kids. I've known the mom and the dad since they were kids. Their family's all grown up now. One of their boys came to him, and told him he was gay. And they accepted him. That's what I was told. Well, I don't know what that means. And I don't know what they did, really. But... I'll tell you how it would be with me i've heard preachers say he'd they would be they'd have a hunting accident I've heard preachers stand in the pulpit and say that if my boy came like if i'd ever happened he's going to have a hunting accident, take him hunting and have an accident. see that's baloney yeah nonsense. I would not accept it. No. I've never had any of my kids do that. But I've had them do other things and demand that I accept them as they are. No. It's wrong. You're wrong. I'm ne- I'll never be okay with that. As long as I'm alive, I'm not going to be okay with that. That's right. Yes, sir. Furious makes them furious. But I've had the same ones come back to me later and say, Dad, thank you. It's the only thing to do. Stand. It's true, yeah. Stand. Therefore. If you if you if you don't stand, you you discourage the hearts of real believers and those that love you, and cause others to weaken also. What about those weak ones, those wobbly ones? And all it took was you to compromise for them to fall. Think you're not going to give account to God? Yes, you are. You lose your fellowship with God, and have to feign it before others. You have to pretend. You lose the fellowship and respect of God's people if you fail to stand. God's real people, you lose their fellowship. You lose your determination and grit to endure hardships and fight for what's right. It weakens you in your core. It just weakens you when you fail to stand. It's like it breaks something in you when you when you when you when you give it up when you step back when you sit down it breaks something in you man i've seen that. this is so i don't know if y'all getting anything but i'm thinking of all the people i've known and i can just think when i say that i can think faces and i can see them before and i can see them after and that is so true yes. broken yep. you compromised you're not going up you're not getting more spiritual. You're not getting wiser. It's going to break you. It's going to break something in your soul. You lose, you give up ground. Which What I mean by that is part of your life. You give up ground to the control of the enemy of your soul. You let him in. It's given place to the devil. When you fail to stand, you give place to the devil. It's like having your front door open and, and some creep or pervert or robber or murderer standing outside your door and you just step aside and let him in. He ain't coming in as long as you're standing in the door. You give place to the devil, you give up ground. How much more ground is everybody going to give? You know, how much farther is everybody going to step back and give the world and the devil? I'm talking about people that call themselves Christians. It's astounding to me the way it was 30 years ago to the way it is now. I mean in the mainstream of independent Baptists who I'm familiar with. But everybody's the same. It's the same all across the board. It's not just independent Baptists. It's everybody. This is a worldwide, covers everything. It's the apostasy, the great falling away. No standing. Jesus said, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth? Is he going to find anybody still standing? You lose self respect. You know what I mean by that? Deep down, you know you've been, that you have chosen darkness mm-hmm. over light. And you can't even look at yourself in the mirror really anymore. That's right. yes. You're ashamed. Mm-hmm. There's something in you that just, you give up on yourself mm-hmm. because you failed. You failed to stand for what is right. You step back and let evil have its way and approved now you can't stop things that's what I said you can't make other people but to just condone consent and even approve and go along with and join that's the process that happens there you lose your footing and aren't able to stand on other issues either It, it becomes very slippery for you you become unstable and more and more changeable. I've never seen anybody just change one thing and stop right there. They change everything. Before it's over, they're gone completely. They give a little here and a little there and the first thing you know, they've done slid plum out the back door. Any stand you take from that point on will be on the side of wrong instead of on the side of right. You'll find them standing, but they're standing in defense of their sin and of evil and the people who do evil. Mm -hmm. They're a Judas. They become a Judas. Instead of standing with Jesus, the Bible says Jesus stood with them. Judas. Judas, yes. Stood with the enemies, the ones who came to get Christ to crucify Him. He stood with them. there's another thing we were reading the other day and I noticed that that was in John 13 started out the first of the chapter and Judas the Bible says the devil Satan entered into Judas and then Judas sat there and Jesus washed his feet and Jesus broke the bread and put it in his hand and gave him the cup and he did all of that was after he'd already made up his mind what he was going to do nothing changed him Jesus didn't try to reason with him or convince him because there was no point. He was gone. Once he made up his mind, didn't matter what you said, didn't matter what God said, didn't matter what God did, didn't matter what happened after that. He's he's done made up his mind. He is on the other side now. That's the way it works, too. What do you get what do you gain? By not standing. You gain the praise and acceptance of the world. They'll for a little while. They'll be much more likely to promote you to positions of leadership and honor if you're willing to bend on issues that are hard to stand for. So I was telling you the other day about that last week about men love darkness and then, then we set up our government and everything where men who hate darkness vote in the people who are going to lead us and control our government. It's the same way in churches. That's the way they do. They vote on everything. And they choose everything. God sent us this pastor. No, God didn't send you that pastor. You went out there looking for him and you vetted him and you made an offer and he took it. You hired him. and you, Because you thought he would do just what you want him to do. And preach to you just what you want to hear, and then say God did it. Mm-hmm. No. Well, what a church is looking for? Are they looking for a man? Now they'll all say we want a man that preaches the word of God. No, they don't. <laughs> yeah. They want somebody that's going to come in there and just keep everything smooth sailing. Mm-hmm. They want to. So they want a CEO. To keep ever run this business and keep it afloat, keep everybody happy, and everybody is smiling. That's what they want. They don't want nobody to come in there and say this kind of stuff. What is he? He's a hireling. He's a compromiser. He's not standing on anything. So if you don't stand, the door's open to you. You wouldn't believe all the doors God will open to you if you just won't stand for nothing. Everybody thinks the the will of God is the path of least resistance. (laughs) That's about the most foolish thing I ever heard in my life. The will of God is not the path of least resistance. God opens a door over here. God opens a door over there. And you just follow. You just go through open doors. And you don't realize the devil can open a door? sure can. If you're going to stand for God, for what's right, you're going to face resistance. I mean spiritual, evil, powerful resistance. You better take my word for it. It's not going to be easy. For you. That's why the word of God is so clear here about do this, do that, that you might be able to stand, that you might be able to withstand, that you could be able to stand. Because it ain't gonna be easy to stand. Not in this time that we live never has been, but particularly in the time that we're living in right now. If you if you don't stand, if you compromise, you don't feel the pressure. To, to bow anymore, to to comply anymore. When you don't stand, you become a rebel. A rebellious spirit takes over. An independent spirit takes over your life and your mind and your soul. You get a bad attitude toward those who are still standing. That's the first thing. First thing you do when you quit standing is you start turning on everybody that is still standing. You can't stand it. That they're still standing. And if they won't compromise with you. This don't just apply to people that sit in the pews. Preachers are this way too. They really are. Oh well, I won't tell all them stories again. You, you can fit in with the world and not be noticed as any different... Is different anymore. If you compromise, you can just feel like you can fit in the world. It's amazing to me because we don't. I don't go out and dress. I don't try to dress in a way that just so everybody will know I'm a Christian. I, I don't dress sloppy, and I don't wear. I mean, if I'm wearing my work clothes, they might have a patch on them and be dirty. But I, if I go out like what well, my point is how it is. Like we walked in Walmart the other day. As soon as we walked in the front door, well, here's this old woman wearing a dress. I mean, it's obvious. She's probably a Pentecostal woman or something. But, I mean, she just took right up with it, just talking to us like she knew us or something. <laughs> but now, you know, if I just went to wearing muscle shirts and <laughs> And she wore leggings, and we went in there. I don't believe we'd have anybody like that talking to us, would we? Probably not <laughs> <laughs> <I'd be fine. laughs> Well, well, yeah, it seems absurd. But I see lots of women walking around in leggings that used to wear dresses, only. Yeah. They fit in now, in a different crowd. They despise anybody that still stands, that still says, "No, that's wrong." They, oh, what are you doing? who are you? What right do you have? Who do you think you are?" I'm, I ain't nobody. I just know what the Bible says about morals and modesty and ungodliness, and that's wrong. And I don't ever even have to say it. I don't, that's the thing you don't even have to say it all you have to do is just live it Yes, sir. Yeah. it condemns them your presence your existence condemns them if you're standing for what's right, that's right, right. you don't have to shout it from the housetops and I don't have to get down here at the four way stop and say turn or burn you're all going to hell you bunch of ungodly wretches I don't have to do that that's counterproductive to the gospel anyway. Yes. All you've got to do is just be. Stand and be what's right. Do what's right. And be what God wants you to be. What do you get if you stand? You get to stand before God and be rewarded for being faithful to Him in a wicked world that did all they could to get you to back up, to sit down and to turn away. Jesus said in Luke 21, verse 36, "Watch ye therefore, and pray always that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. If you stand here, it'll be a whole lot easier to stand before the, yes. the Lord yes. face to face. Yes. You're going to be standing. What does God always say? when God ever met anybody, when God ever appeared to anybody, they fell on the face on the ground. What did he say? Stand up. Joshua, stand on thy feet. Stand up. You don't want to stand before the Lord if you've not been standing for Him in this world. He said, if you're ashamed of me in this sinful an adulterous generation I'll be ashamed of you before my father and so will you yes, sir. one more verse Philippians chapter 4 verse 1 therefore my brethren dearly beloved and long for I, it's, it's endearing because it's Paul it's talking to these Philippians I saw read something the other day there's a little quote and it said that Paul was welcomed to heaven By those he martyred. That's how the gospel works. True. To the people that he persecuted, he said, Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved and longed for, my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. Every other word is about dearly beloved, longed for, my joy and crown. What did he say to him? What was his message to him? Stand, stand fast in the Lord. Yes, amen. stand for what's right. No matter what everybody else does, you stand. Anybody, you stand. <laughs> this has been the experience of all Christians through all the ages always been hard to stand in the wicked and ungodly world. We think it's hard now, but and it is, but my, how would you like to live in the medieval times? Mm-hmm. me. Ooh, no. What about all those dark ages? No. No, I'm glad I'm living during this time. God is God. And God gives strength now just like He always has to those people in every generation He's the God of every generation and for the people who stood in every generation there's always been those who stood for what was right that's how we know now that's how we got something to stand for now it's our turn you gonna stand are you gonna stand are you going to stand if you stand alone? Are you going to stand if everybody else forsakes you? Are you going to stand if none of your family does? None of your children do? I mean, are you going to stand? Are you going to stand if if you're the if you go to prison for standing? Would you stand then for what's right? Or would you compromise and say, "Well, you know, I I can understand. I mean, there's" mm. Just get on the rock. On the foundation. Which is the Lord. This is His book. This is what He says to us. This is where He reveals Himself to us. This is where He tells us what is right. What is true. What is righteousness. Stand on this. Amen. Father, thank You for the Word of God. Thank you for the challenge to my own heart here this morning. And Lord, I pray that you'd help folks to understand this and get a, get a taste in their soul for this to just stand. Stand in the evil day, this evil day we're living in. Stand on what is right before God. Though we do it alone, though everything around us fail that we stand. Lord, help us, to pray. Bless it to our hearts now and go with us through the day. Watch over the travelers and help in these situations where you're needed, Lord, to help, I pray, and give wisdom in Jesus' name. Amen.